0: The grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, my dear sisters and brothers. How are you this morning? This is the second Sunday of Advent, and yes, once again we are meeting virtually, and I know that that can be challenging for many of us, but I pray that during this Advent season we will keep our spirits up even under these challenging circumstances, and so as we prepare to light our Advent wreath, I would ask that you join your hearts together in a spirit of prayer. Holy One, into mess you sent perfection, wrapped in flesh like ours, flesh that is weak, flesh that makes mistakes, flesh that has a liking for wrong even more than it does for right. You sent Jesus for your people. However, he never messed up. He never went the wrong way. He never broke your heart. May we, those whom you love more than we know how to love ourselves, strive to be more like him. We pray, God, that our lives make room for you to appear. Powerful God, We are unworthy of even unlacing your shoes, but that all we do bring you glory. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. And so on this day, we light two candles on our Advent wreath. Celebrating The hope of Jesus that we prepare for. Let us join our hearts together for our opening prayer. Merciful God who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out! And I said, What shall I cry out? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Our epistle lesson this morning comes from 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15a. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the coming of the day of god because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved and the elements will melt with fire but in accordance with his promise we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home therefore beloved while you are waiting for these things strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to Saint Mark, chapter one, verses one through eight. Hear now these words of gospel truth. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. These are the words of scripture which give testimony to the truth who is Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Thanks be to God. On this second Sunday of Advent, we focus on the hope of the coming Christ. And I know that these can sometimes be difficult times for us to have hope. We can, especially in these conditions where we are parted from one another, feel a sense instead of hope, rather hopelessness. But I would advise that it would not be a good idea for us to fall into despair especially not at this moment. We hear the prophet Isaiah telling the people of Israel to take comfort, to take comfort in their God even under the most trying circumstances because even though those circumstances that they were living under were terribly challenging, He knew that there was rapidly coming a time when, as the prophet says, the the valleys shall be raised up and the mountains made low. We know that that time is coming for us also. That these times of challenge and difficulty are not going to last forever. And that the time that is coming soon is going to be So much better, not only better than the times that we are struggling under now, but better than the times that we had been in even before. Our valleys are going to be raised up and our mountains will be made low. That's a promise that comes to us from our God. It is a promise that is made firm and solid in our hope through Jesus Christ. But it doesn't mean that we can just sit and wait for it. See, this is the thing about Advent. Advent is a season of preparation. It's a season of work. We can't just sit back and wait for this time of transformation to come. Instead, we have work to do to smooth the way. That's something that the prophet says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We all of a sudden have become road workers. We have to make that straight and level highway for our God, We have to be the ones that prepare ourselves and this world for that coming transformation. That's exactly the message that we hear from John the Baptist in our gospel today. He is the one that the prophet Isaiah foretold that would be shouting out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And there was a lot of preparation work to be done. By the time of Jesus, by the time of John the Baptist, by the time that he is crying out these words of the prophet once again, things in the world had become complicated. The people of Israel were under occupation by foreign conquerors, there was a lot of despair in the world. There was a great deal of disparity, a gap between the haves and the have-nots. It, it, it was a time when society was locked into injustice. And the people of Israel, the Pharisees in particular, had forgotten what it meant To live as people of God, to live in a godly fashion, to live in a way where justice and the well-being of our fellow sisters and brothers, our human siblings, our fellow children of God, to live in a way that they are honored, that they are given dignity, that they are given hope. We started to live in a way in which we went through the motions of being the people of God, but lost the meaning. It was a time of struggle. And it starts to sound awfully similar to the time that we have now. And because those structures of injustice, because those structures of depletion, of depravity, those structures of oppression, those structures by which the dignity of humanity is stripped away, and we are forgotten as images of God, because those structures had become so solidified. It was necessary that all of that system had to be torn down. And and that is precisely the message that John the Baptist was bringing in paving the way for Jesus Christ. Prepare in the desert a highway for our God. Make straight in the wilderness. John the Baptist wasn't terribly popular with the powers that be at his time. He was a shocking figure. He was wild and woolly out there in the wilderness and people who, who were respectable in society weren't real too sure about him. And the message that he brought thundered against the walls of the institutions that had been built at the time. The powers that be eventually made short order of John the Baptist because he threatened. He threatened their positions of power. The positions that they placed themselves in where they accrued wealth and power for themselves at the cost of all of their sisters and brothers. We find ourselves in similar circumstances these days. We find ourselves in circumstances where basic human dignity is often at short change. We find ourselves in circumstances where we suffer under a pandemic, where we are forced to be separated from one another in ways that we are unaccustomed to, in ways that disrupt and ways that hurt but we know that there are good times coming once again. But it requires of us that we challenge these structures that have become so solidified for us. We have to be the ones that make straight in the desert a highway because our Christ is coming again. That's some of the warning that we hear in our epistle lesson from Second Peter today. There's a, a, a somewhat dire and urgent type of warning that we hear in that epistle. It, it, it somewhat ties in with our gospel lesson from last week, the little apocalypse. We hear Peter warning us that, you know, there's coming a time when, when Christ is coming and everything is going to be torn down. The heavens and the earth are going to be dissolved in fire and the elements will melt. I mean, that sounds pretty radical. What Peter is saying is that everything, everything that we know in the world is going to come tumbling down to be replaced by something new and better in Jesus Christ. That there will be new heavens and new earth. And that those new heavens and new earth will be places of peace and prosperity and dignity for all people. But only, only if we live in the faith of Jesus Christ. And to do so requires some work on our part. He says, if all of this is going to be dissolved in fire, if all the elements are going to melt away, what kind of people are we going to be? How will you live your life? Will you live your life as one who prepares and is worthy of these new heavens and earth? That's exactly the message that we get today. That's the message that we heard from the prophet Isaiah. It's the message that we hear from John the Baptist in our gospel. It's the message that is re-emphasized by Peter. What kind of people will we be? How will we live Our lives. Will we live our lives in a way that we bring comfort to others, as the prophet says? Will we be the ones that live and work in this world to make straight a highway in the wilderness? Will we be the ones that challenge the solidified walls of the way things have been, even when those ways shouldn't be? Will we be brave enough to step up to that challenge so that not only do we have hope, but there is hope for all in the world? That is what we are called to do as the Advent people. We are called to be the builders of hope. We have to be The demolition crew for injustice. We have to be the road workers for the kingdom of God. And I know that that can sound very challenging, especially in times like these. But I think we can take a note, we can take a page from the playbook of John the Baptist. One of the things that John the Baptist challenged that made him so terribly unpopular, especially with the Pharisees, is that we have to start to question the old ways of doing things. John the Baptist became notable, notorious, because he had all of these people gathering together at the at the river in the wilderness, and he's baptizing them. Baptizing them for forgiveness of sins, and that, uh, oh, that was flying in the face of the way things were done. The way the temple worked, the way the Pharisees had set things up, and they didn't care for it at any at, at, at any bit. And they come and they challenge him about this too. Like, ha, who do you think you are to be doing this? And and John the Baptist makes it very clear. Uh, it's not even me. There's somebody more, com- somebody greater coming yet. I'm not even worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. I'm just baptizing here with water to wash away s- the, the stain of sin. But there's one coming who will baptize with the fire of the Holy Spirit. That fire that Peter talks about that's going to cause all of the old heavens and earth to, to melt away and be dissolved. That's that fire of the Holy Spirit. We have to be that fire. We have to challenge the old ways of doing things, and sometimes even the old ways of doing things in church. We we may not like to hear that. I'll I'll be the first one to say, I I am a die-hard traditionalist. A lot of you have probably picked that up along the way. I like to do things the old-fashioned way. Whether it's liturgy, whether it's hymns, I like things to be traditional. And I'll be blunt, I find the challenges that we face during this pandemic, especially when we have to do all of this technology stuff, I find that difficult. I find that challenging. But maybe those are the same kind of solidified structures we have to challenge. Maybe those are the same sorts of things that we have to learn to set aside and say there needs to be some new ways of doing things, especially if we are going to be paving the highway for our God into the next century. We light this wreath with flames, but this this is just a mere token of the real fire that's lit in our hearts with the Holy Spirit, a blazing furnace that will melt and dissolve anything that stands in the way of building the kingdom. That's what we have to do. We have to be the ones that tear down the obstacles. We have to be the ones that clear away the brush. We have to be the ones that build that nice, smooth, straight interstate into the kingdom of God. That's the only thing that can bring hope, not just to us, but to a very weary world. That's the task that we have at hand. That's the type of advent preparation we have to do. And as long as that fire of the Holy Spirit burns in our hearts, we will have the power and the wherewithal to get the job done. So I say to you this day, will you be the one that makes straight A highway for our God. Will you be the one that says to a broken and weary world, Comfort, comfort you, my people, says our God. I know that this time has been challenging for us, especially with our ongoing church closure, but I would encourage you to keep up that hope. Now, I know that for some of you, there may be questions about why why we feel it's important to be locked down right now. I know there are some of you that are questioning how wise or necessary that decision might be. I don't like it any better. What I would say to you is first of all, have some trust in the leadership of your churches. This was a decision that was not easy to make and it was one that was made in conjunction and consultation with the leadership across all three churches of the charge. And there was a lot of heartfelt thought and discussion put into the decision. None of us made the decision lightly. None of us wanted to do lockdown. However, in light of certain circumstances that have come this week, I feel that it was a wise decision for us to make. Um, As some of you may already know, we have had COVID touch our parish now. Uh, There have been at least five individuals directly affected, if not infected by COVID within the parish. And in some cases, those individuals are desperately ill. And i think it is necessary that we do maintain this lockdown for the safety and security the health and the well-being of all of those in the parish we are not alone in having to do this either i know that there are some of our neighboring churches that have not locked down at this point they may not be experiencing the direct touch of covid the way that we have indeed one of the Factors that we took into consideration was that we wanted to keep lockdown at arm's length until we had someone in the congregation that was infected, and then we decided that was probably the time that we did need to shut down again. There were, in our district, 32 churches closed from COVID last Sunday. That's a third of the churches in the district. None of those churches made that decision lightly, And I would encourage you that as discouraging, as painful as this decision has been, to understand that it has been done with the best of intentions in mind. We don't know how much longer this pandemic will last. I will speak a word of hope. There are vaccines that appear to be coming soon. And I do pray earnestly that those vaccines will be something that help end this time, that we can get back to worshiping as we have been accustomed. So I would ask you to keep hope. But I would also ask that you exercise a degree of patience as well. Understand that the leaders of the church that made the difficult decision to do lockdown did not do so out of maliciousness, did not do so in a way that was meant to be harmful. It was really a decision that has been made with the best of intentions and with the well-being of all of the parishioners in mind, especially those of our congregants that are ill or elderly and most vulnerable. I truly, truly do not wish to see any one of us succumb to this deadly disease. And so I pray that we will continue to try and love and protect each other as best we can, even, even when those are under circumstances that we find personally objectionable. And so it's with that kind of a spirit that I would ask you to hold one another in thought and prayer this day. There are some prayer concerns that have been Uh, Brought forward to me this week that I would like to share with you at this time. Uh, I Would like to first of all ask that you hold the family of Denny bump in prayer Uh, Denny passed away this week uh, from the complications of a brain bleed and we need to hold the family in prayer, and in particular, I would ask that you hold Denny's sister Dixie, our charge secretary, in prayer because I know that she mourns this loss of her brother deeply. And I would also ask that you keep Dixie and Uggie and the rest of the family in prayer as they themselves are recovering from the lingering effects of COVID. I would also ask that uh, you keep Diane Bowles' brother, John Harris, in prayer. Um, He is in the intensive care unit at uh, Clarion Hospital with COVID. Um, I would also ask that you keep Marlene Walburn, uh, a parishioner at the Center Church, in prayer. She has been hospitalized at UPMC Northwest here in Seneca also with covid and Marlene in particular is suffering from severe symptoms of uh, the covid infection and so I think it is critical that we keep her in prayer i would also ask that you keep uh, a friend of the a friend of my family in prayer kayla malone uh, she is uh, uh, suffering from uh, some uh, issues from cancer, and and we need to keep her in prayer at this particular moment in time. I would also like you to uh, lift up as rather a concern, a joy. Uh, We can celebrate this week the birth of Ryan David Coxon our dear Becca's newborn uh, son who was born this week and so that is a a joyful piece of news that we can celebrate. Uh, I would like to encourage you that if there are other joys and concerns that you are aware of that you keep them in your heart as we pray in a moment but also that you would uh, let me and the Prayer chain. Know about any prayer joys and concerns that come up during this uh, week. Oh, oh, one more, one more prayer uh, concern. Um, also, Tammy Kerr uh, is uh, has has been scheduled for some surgery coming up on December 22nd, and we also need to keep uh, Nancy Breithaupt in prayer. She is going to be facing some surgery tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, we, we need to keep those folks in prayer also. And so, if we could now enter into a season of prayer. God of hope, you raised up John the Baptizer as a herald who calls us to conversion. As we joyfully await the glorious coming of Christ, we pray to you for the needs of the church and the world. Hear our humble prayer that we may serve you in holiness and faith, and give voice to your presence among us until the day of the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you forever and ever. We ask all of these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who will baptize us not with water, but with the fire of the Holy Spirit, and the one who is coming to make a new heaven and a new earth. And that makes us children of God. And so we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I would like to remind you that you can send your tithes and offerings into the respective church treasurers. And I would ask that at this moment we enter into a time of gratitude in our hearts. God of hope. You call us from the exile of our sin with the good news of restoration. You build a highway through the wilderness. You come to us and bring us home. Comfort us with the expectation of your saving power, made known to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. By way of announcement, uh, I would uh, like to remind you that we will be uh, once again, sending out the daily or the sorry rather the weekly oh I hope we don 't do daily <laughs> the the weekly newsletters this week um uh look for them to be coming out soon i don't think that they 'll be quite as thick a packet as the last ones were. I would also like to thank everyone that participated in the uh zoom based Charge conference yesterday morning. I know that that was a challenging way for us to meet and do the business of the church, um, but I, I I was pleased that we were able able to overcome those obstacles. Uh, we will uh, also um, be uh, launching, uh, I hope, this next coming Sunday, our simulcast. Um, the CHARGE webpage is up and functional. There are still some things that we might be tweaking and changing and polishing as we go along, but it is up and running, and one of the things that I would like to ask is that if you are able, please do visit the, the CHARGE website, and you will find there a place that you can subscribe to the email version of the weekly newsletter. And if you are able at all to receive email, we would appreciate if you sign up there because that lessens the uh, financial and material burden on putting out the uh, paper version of the newsletter. Um, it, uh, it, it it helps us. It helps the church save some money, especially in a time when we do feel a little bit of a financial pinch. That said, we are also exploring the possibility of doing a simulcast next week. We'll have to see getting some of the the software kinks, the computer kinks worked out this week. But we do have a YouTube channel now that is functional. Um, And if you, If you go to the church website, there is a link there that will take you to the YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to that also. At the moment, we have been posting the old videos of the online worship services, but we are hoping that possibly, I'm saying possibly, this next Sunday we will be able to have the live broadcast on both Facebook and YouTube at the same time. Uh, So we'll see if we can get some of that worked out. Um, A a note on uh, Christmas Eve. We are going to try to have a drive-in Christmas Eve service on uh, on the 24th. It will be held at the parking lot of the East Grove Church. It is currently scheduled for 7 p.m. However, there have been some folks that have raised concerns about driving at night, especially some of the older folks, and I do appreciate that myself because I have difficulty driving at night, and there's been a suggestion that perhaps we might want to move the time forward to earlier in the day. Um, if that's something that you feel you would rather see, please contact me or 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 Dixie or someone to to pass that message on, and we might consider scheduling the Christmas Eve service for earlier in the day when we have some daylight. Also, and again, this is purely optional. We're asking that if you if you would like to do so, please decorate your car in a, in a festive fashion for that evening, so that we can keep up the. Um, uh, keep up the, uh, the the spirit of the season. Uh, I'm seeing a little, I, I'm, I'm not real good at the Facebook thing, but I see there's a little scroll here in the corner, and, and uh, Kayla's asking about the possibility of uh, Zoom Bible study, and you know what? That's something we can look into doing. Um, we did the Zoom coffee clatches last time, and there were some folks that were able to participate in that, and I know that we're missing the Bible studies, especially because we had three of them going. Um, yeah, we can look into doing that. Good idea, Kayla. I like the idea. We'll 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 try to do that. In fact, you know what? Zoom Bible study might be something that'd be interesting to do even outside a pandemic. I like that idea, Kayla. We'll we'll look into doing that. Um at at any rate, uh we'll we're 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 trying to get the technology rolling. Uh as I said, I'm kind of an old fashioned traditional guy. Uh Fortunately, we have Jim Malliard, who is, who is really tech-savvy and has been helping, helping greatly in putting all of this together. Uh, so keep an eye out for the newsletter this week. It will have a lot of information about things that are coming up. And so then that brings us to uh, a time of closure. And I would ask that you receive this benediction. God of timeless grace... You fill us with joyful expectation. Make us ready for the message that prepares the way that with uprightness of heart and holy joy we may eagerly await the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ, who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as we come to the end of our time of worship today, I would remind you to remember the light of Christ's hope, which is also that fire of the Holy Spirit. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Amen, and may you have a blessed afternoon.